Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard and Jasmine Blaze here. Fun episode coming up. Gregory Gourday from Top Chef. Jasmine, you remember this guy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, one of the best chefs in Portland. I, I judged the one se- the season he was on. That's right. Uh, yeah. Where he was you the... liked him. You liked his food. I think he was one of the best chefs that uh, whose food I've ever tasted in competition. So a lot of fun talking to him. And, and he came down to it, right? He was in the finals. He like, was, yes. He was- yeah, he came he, down to the end. And, yeah. And that was the season that May Lynn. Yeah, May right? Lynn, but Gregor, okay. both of them, I just went sort of like, uh, yeah. you know, head to head pretty much for the whole season. But he's up in Portland. We got a chance to hang out with him. And before we upload that episode, let's talk about Upserve, uh, which focuses on saving time and increasing profits. Upserve is the industry's leading point of sale and restaurant management platform with actionable insights, transparent processing, automated inventory, and online ordering, mobile restaurant management, and seamless integration with leading third-party restaurant apps. Upserve is your one-stop shop, streamlined with operations, keeps tracks of inventory. It leverages in-depth analytics. You know how much, Jasmine, that I love analytics. Uh, I've worked with Upserve and I'm working with Upserve and it's sort of been a magic ingredient for a lot of restaurants. Uh, Everything you need to run uh, efficiently uh, and it all from a single hub. It provides five-star hospitality. They handle everything, of course, but the food, you have to figure out a way to do that. Uh, But Upserve is the industry's leading restaurant management platform and point of sale. It allows you to spend more time with your guests and your food and less time in the weeds. Uh, To learn more about Upserve and save $300 on a new POS today, visit Upserve.com slash starving. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Before we get into the interview with Gregory Gourday, uh, Portland is one of my favorite cities in the world. I know we, we used to... Um, I've never been. I know. I know. We, we, we even had Portland on here as an advertiser. Remember that? Yes, we were For doing like something... For like a short time, we had the Portland uh, like chamber, chamber of Commerce or something like that and as an ad and like... They should have sent us up there. Obviously. First of all, they should have. But it was one of the, I told, um, I think I told Gregory too, like offline when I was up there, like I think it's a city that you would 100% love. Like yeah. all of the things that you love about Brooklyn and downtown LA and San Francisco and Seattle, mm. that's, that's exactly what Portland is. It's like this small city, uh, small town in the middle of like Endor from Star Wars. Right. And just like... Nice. You know, I mean, obviously there's some cliche sort of like, you know, the hipsters and, you know, what Portlandia has done to the city. Oh, Greg, Gregory and I uh, get into it. Mm-hmm. But I want to take you up there for like a little micro vacation because I think you would love it. Okay. Let's um, do it. Speaking of micro vacations, uh, it's been a busy sort of a uh, couple days of conferences. You just were hanging out with your new friends from Goop. Yeah. In um, LA? What was that all about? Getting all gooped. Um, I was at the In Goop Health Summit. So, yeah, it's like a day of um, wellness classes and um, mindfulness chats and talk about, you know, what's kind of new and, and upcoming on the, the health, you know, kind of natural holistic health, um, horizon. It's pretty mm. cool. Uh, as you can see, if you look in my ear, I still have the ear seeds in. Yeah. What exactly is an ear seed? Um, they're, well, um, they look like little gold, 24 karat gold balls. And then there's like a sticker and it's just pres- providing pressure on an acupressure point in your ear. 
So, so how much of the, of the conference was like that where like you had something done to you or you got a massage um, or I would say like a portion rubbed on your temples, like a, like a portion. I think you could make it as much as you wanted. Like, um, I think I mentioned to you, there were B12 shots and I passed on the B12. Why? Um, don't really want to get a shot. I don't know. Ah, like, I like, guess in a, like in a conference, in a like, con- where was it? Was it in a convention center? No, or, it was you know? at kind of you know that art, in the arts district in downtown LA, like where there's a lot of warehouses, like kind of by like Museum of Ice Cream and in that like Ooh. that's Tomtown Coffee and like all that that's over in that little area. Right. It was in a um, the Rolling Greens, which is a really cool nursery um, plant place. They have a warehouse space there, and obviously it's been used for events before. Mm, got but, it. Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to get a shot down there in the warehouse district. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that makes total sense. That might have been part when of it. When you say yeah. it like that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but something that you would do again, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was, it was was fun. It was great. I mean, 99.9999% women, which is interesting. Um, just looking at like the goop model, like you need to jump in that goop, goop life. And, like, I need to. Create I'm like down. a man space I've, or something. I've been, I don't know. I've been putting the, 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 you know, goop fella and all the, all the hashtags and... Yeah. Um, because I'm ready to get into it. I yeah, want. You got to manifest it. I would do it. the B12 shot first of all. Yeah, if would I you? was there, arm um, or butt? Mm, butt. It's in. It's I've in never public. got a butt it's shot. Not, it's not like you're not behind a screen. Yeah, but I feel like it's I've had someone butt. wrap like my legs up of, for a marathon. It's like the top of your that high. Hip. It's, yeah, it's super high. It's not. But there were some people with like dresses getting it, which right. you can imagine is a little bit more. Yeah, well, especially like with social media and everything, like people uh, are shooting. I, I think everybody were very, very respectful. Your choice of where you wanted to get your B12. Of course. Shot. I'm glad you got a chance to do that. Yeah. Uh, I got to camp. Um, yeah, you, you had I, a, I a little camping. micro vacation of your a, own. A little micro camping <laughs> trip with the kids, which was, which was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, camping is another the, like, uh, you know, opportunity for you. You never know. Like, you could get in the camping space. Like, Patagonia's got dried salmon. Are you, you concerned just, about my career right now? No, I'm just okay. saying, like, if you ever wanted to like open it up, there's, there's no, I, I, also because I really yeah. love the, the, the camping space is kind you of don't fun too. Strike like, me, and I wonder if um, people that are fans <laughs> of yours, like, you don't strike me as the, the camper. Oh, that's the crazy. Camping person, really? Yeah, I set the tent up in like 60 seconds. Even though it's a sixty-second setup tent, are you gonna? You're not gonna tell that. I rehearsed one time. Okay. I don't have a problem saying that. That's what you do to to be really, really good. You uh, you know, you practice and you rehearse. But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't. This was just a, a simple little camping trip on the uh, sort of property of where our kids go to school. But yeah. um, you know, you don't want to be the only dad out there, like <laughs> like struggling with the fighting with the poles, right. getting stuck inside of. And the there island. were. I'm, I'm in a way. Um, last year we did it together. Uh, this year I was kind of on my own. But there were. It was fun overhearing conversations of other couples sort of struggling to yeah. you know, set up their camp. Because to be honest, we used the tent for the event last year and <laughs> right. haven't used that's it the, since. That's the last time. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think too many people are getting out there into the wild too often, but it is a space that I really love, especially because like you said, the dehydrated foods and yeah. I was ready to go to REI and Patagonia and I just buy a bunch of like dehydrated food. Well, and- you told me you were going to buy the... Uh- Fall Robin, what is it? The the hat, oh, for, the Fjall Robin Conkin. Yeah. yeah, and you shot it down, which I, which is, which for your, smart for your. Ca- I mean, one day, one, not even the, like one, not even a full day camping trip but, on the on the grounds of our kids' school. I mean, it seemed like a little excessive to go gear up at all for it. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I was using that as an excuse to say I'm going to buy a hat. Like, yeah, well, that's and, what I assumed. But. Um, but they're all over Portland. These Fjall Robin Conkin shops they're are all, all over. over. Everywhere. REI had a big warehouse. They're all over. Lots everywhere. of fun. Portland. I love, love, love it. Okay. I'm going to take Tell you there. Tell me what you Micro- love about it. Um, one, it's like, again, I only have had the opportunity to stay sort of in the Pearl District or 
I, and I guess that's sort of like their midtowny sort nice. of uh, mm-hmm. place. And it's uh, like you know, cool hotel. I, I stayed at the Ace when I was down there because yeah. we have we have friends that take care of us. Um, I stayed at the Ace in L.A. Thanks, Ace. Look at that. Yeah, yeah what's up, Ace? Um, I was in Portland and you were in L.A. Yeah, and we were, we're like, just like exploring it up. the brand. Exactly. Um, and that's like one of their original, one of their first yeah, locations. Makes sense. The food is insane in Portland. Everyone knows that, right? Yeah, so, um, right. you know, if you've ever watched Portlandia and like Gregory and I get into the whole Portlandia epidemic because it's something that like the city has had to sort of overcome. Survive, right. Because not everything is like that. And also it's like a hipster calling themselves hipsters, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I got it. It, it, it like, brings... Look at how hipster we are. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. But I had... And actually, this comes up, and it's not to spoil one little part of it, but like there's no soul cycle in Portland. Yeah. So like I told Greg, like that's the level of like... Hipster. I'm, I'm yeah. like the... Once the thing has already been like in, in, in the current stream, mm-hmm. I get into it. Right. Like soul cycle as an example. It's yeah. Been open for 10 years, right? right? Now all of a sudden I'm into it. Yeah, yeah like so super fan. Yeah. I'm not the early adopter, and like Portland's about the early adopter. You know, I'm in the... I'm the Oh, it's becoming popular. Oh yeah, I've heard about this thing. If y'all Robin Conkin, let me go get a hat. Right. Uh, Soul Cycle. Yeah, I'm gonna join up. Maybe. Uh, Portland sort yeah. of rebels, repels uh, yeah. that sort of like, you know, bi- you know, all the other businesses coming in as well, like big yeah. corporations. So yeah, it's like yeah, all yeah. mom and pop. Right. Uh, cool. Although you, you you see like it's starting to leak in now. Yeah, of um, course. But it's just to say, the- it's also green. It's gray. It's yeah, rainy. Yeah, it's yeah. so many trees. It's literally like flying into Endor. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where the Ewoks live? That's where the Ewoks live. Did you see any Ewoks? I didn't, but there's plenty of men, uh, smaller men with beards. Yeah. Um, so what, one of my favorite cities, uh, what do you like the, um, you posted a picture of the, the stands, the cart, cart vending. What is it? Oh, what is the so they have, uh, food, food I mean, I know they have restaurants carts. obviously, but I know they have a, a unique, they have literally just, um, you haven't been there. I got to take you there. This is like playing out live right here, but like, I got to take you on a micro trip to Portland. Um, they have like blocks and blocks of these food carts, right? Yeah. So, um, you are know, they carts, are they staying like uh, the picture you saw? It almost reminded me of Paris, like along the Seine where they have the yeah. little like built in, you know, all the same kind of exactly. So, like along the Seine, where it's artists and people selling books yeah. and maybe souvenirs. Books, yeah. In Portland, they're selling food, and it's like mm. incredibly global. So, like you can just mm. walk down one side of a street, and there'll be twenty food carts, and everything from Egyptian food to Thai food, and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, and I got a plate of shawarma I put up on the Instagram for like seven bucks. That was just like you know really really delicious, but also a lot of food. Yeah. Um. So there's just this, and there's city blocks of it. I mean, mm. Gregory was telling me that they've actually taken away some of those blocks to build like condos and stuff so right. like things are changing a little bit yeah um but there's still i mean there's so many amazing chefs obviously even like on food tv a couple of but those top chefs those stands they're just not like ultimate mom and pop like there's not like big time chef yeah in those little stands right like it's like more of like i mean i'm sure again i'm not a local so i'm sure right. like within the local uh you know, uh, yes, I'm sure. But is it more are. like the the food truck thing, right? Where it's just like you know, it's not as accessible as a restaurant, but you can do a food truck or something that's a little bit more. Exactly, it is food trucks, but not all of them have wheels. Some of them are a little bit more, mm. uh, you know, tricked out, standalone. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but the fact that you can hit them, it would be a great show. I think I've pitched this to you we or have. pitched yeah, it to someone where it's it, like, yeah. if you really wanted to do a competition like that, like, hey, one of these food cart owners is going to get their chance to have their own large brick and mortar store. Shooting in Portland, everyone. Mm. Oh, you're like saying I shouldn't be saying this out loud. Alon no. Hall is going to send me a tax later. No. <laughs> like, Dude, you shouldn't say that ideas out loud, which he's right. Um, but that would be fun because it's all right Cause there. Because I, I literally saw someone. I, I went to go charge your car yesterday. Yeah. Because um, I knew you had to drive to LA and I had just gotten back from LA. Mm-hmm. And I went to go charge the car and I was sitting in the car and a guy walked by wearing a Send Nudes sweatshirt. Yeah. Looks spanking brand new. And Unbelievable. I was like, that? Yeah. 
Now that one, I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the You've doubt that it's a common. No, it. I didn't steal it. But I also a, saw it in in downtown LA on a ramen shop in the window. Mm, yeah, it's everywhere. I just think a couple I'm not of saying people, you started it. Yeah, but it certainly. I feel. I, I like, think we should say that I started it just okay. because I certainly was one of the first. Let's go ahead. Um, but it's one of those things. It's kind of a common phrase, so someone's going to pick up on it eventually. Yeah. But you're right. I've been seeing a ton of it's it. It's like that uh, the Conan O'Brien lawsuit where you know, like he kind of said, like, "Hey, a lot of people can have the same joke at the same time at the same moment around the world. Exactly. And it's possible. Um, Maybe." This is true. A good idea is a good idea. And some people can come up with a good idea at the same time. Uh, but yeah, everything's getting kind of crazy. Speaking about everything, Jasmine, yeah. you know that you can get everything for your home now from the Home Depot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, oh, you knew that, right? I You're did. like, but I, I was personally, when I heard it, I was like, what? Everything? And the answer is absolutely everything, everything from the hickory flooring to exclusive paint colors and all of the trim. And uh, then also an area rug. You can get a sofa even throw pillows that you've been wanting. Find your style and shop more than 10,000 furniture and decor pieces online. Plus get free and flexible delivery to your home. Order the store and easy, no hassle returns. Use the code SFA Home Depot at checkout and save up to 10% right now. It's as simple as that. Whole home improvement from start to finish. More saving, more kinds of doing. Shop homedepot.com slash decor today. Valid on select items only. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. I and love a good coupon code. It's a, I really love this. Sometimes I listen to podcasts just to find like good coupon codes. Yeah, and you're doing it already. Home Depot. Yeah, here uh, it is. And it, listen, this is because it's still fresh right out of the oven here. Game of Thrones, real quick recap. You like or not? I'm good with it. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that's like super hard on TV shows, especially in the series finale. It's hard. They're all. They're, none of them are ever going to match up to your. And I dreams. don't think really any of them would be if you didn't listen to so many podcasts or so many recaps. It's like sports. If you watch a sporting event and like you watch it and you're like, oh, your team didn't win, but if right. you watch like someone covering the double dribble that Kawhi Leonard had in the NBA playoffs the other day, and it's just played over shot. and over on the dunk. Yeah, you know, he had a dunk, but it's just like. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're thinking about it, right? And you're 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 in it more often. So right. I watched it as I tried to watch it pure, yeah. without listening to anything. And I liked it. Yeah, that's you fine. Liked, yes, sure. I would have loved Mother a, of a Dragons res- to have a, a different. Uh, I liked ending. it, and just like it's not like the end. Like it's like these guys are going to go on and continue living their lives, and that's cool. Like. No it one, is. No one's story was finished except for all the people that died. But every, exactly. But everyone loves the sort of like, then went on to graduate college and opened up a billion-dollar tech totally. firm. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. job, Tyrion Lannister. That's yeah. kind of how his wrapped up. No spoilers. Uh, but um, uh, Game of Thrones, epic. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe the next big show that comes out, we'll actually do a podcast that covers it. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But until then, we're going to be uh, interviewing chefs yeah, and hanging I'm, out. I'm burning some kale chips, so I got to Oh, gotta okay. Jasmine's off to the oven, and here comes Gregory Gorday. What's up, man? Oh, good morning. You doing good, morning. good? I'm doing great. First of all, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're at the Ace Hotel in Portland. We are. Right? You are kind enough to drop in uh, at 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I'm crying because <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> which, and, and, uh, on the way over here, you're like, it was a late night. Which, which, first of all, like you're that type of chef. Yeah, I'm a working man. That is like, it, that, that also, it always makes me feel like incredibly... Of low integrity, also, personally. My CDC is doing Chef Cycle right now, so. Okay, there yeah, you go. So yeah. so it's not maybe every, or is it kind of still, you're still. Uh, well, you know how things go. It's it's a pretty tough industry right now. So, you know, staffing is a little tricky. Okay, so, so. Are, you, are you classic, since you're the boss, are you the classic, like, 
mid shift guy like uh, uh, ten to ten well, or, or, or we're we're open just for dinner. We're a pretty busy late night restaurant as well, so we okay. don't open till four p.m. and we are open till eleven p.m. during the week, like with late night. Uh, we are quite the late night destination as well, so we work all, we all work pretty late. Closing okay. is like midnight. So what time did you get out of there? I left night? at like one thirty. Okay. After wow. Wrapping up with my sous chef and closing everything down. And I mean, I was gonna say, are you yeah. like sweeping the floors and everything? You're like labeling <laughs> all the mise en place. There's and... a lot to talk about. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, we're a pretty big operation. Okay. With a lot so, of fine oh, details. so are you a uh, post game recap? Chef, like yes, it, yes. Ooh. There's just always something working, always something planning. We have a huge deck. We actually have two huge decks, which increases our capacity by over 200. Okay, so we're just planning for that. Mm. So you know. with the weather, yeah. So with the weather, we we start about to come. But but by the way, I travel so much, and it's not quite spring. No, here it is no. middle of May. It was really wonderful last week. This is what I heard, it and, and it has been crazy all over. I've been yeah. in four cities this week, but uh, yeah, it's 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 rainy and gray, which I actually really love. <laughs> It's it's classic Portland. So it's classic Portland. A true Portland experience. Yeah, like like it's not gonna get to sixty <laughs> as much as you want it to, no. and like there's just enough rain to sort of like mess yeah. up your glasses. Yeah, well, we live in a rainforest, so which is kind of amazing. Like, it is amazing. Is it a rainforest it's, technically? It's technically a rainforest. Okay, because yeah. I was making the yeah. joke like because I did a show last night. And I was like, as I'm flying in, every time I'm flying in to Portland, Seattle as well, but more Portland. It's like. I don't know if you're what level of nerd you are. I'm, I'm, uh, you're smart, so I'm assuming that you're one level of nerd because I know how smart you are. It's like landing in Endor on Star Wars. Okay, right? It is like you're landing yeah. into a forest. Like yeah. I expect to see Ewoks. Yeah, and there are plenty of guys in beards, so there are there is a level the of Ewoks. First Ewok. time I came to Portland, like probably like 20 years ago, it was like just extremely lush and green and wet. And it's still like that, but I think climate change has changed the weather here quite a bit. Ooh. You know, um, when I moved here 11 years ago, it actually rained literally like almost every day, except for like June through September, it did not rain whatsoever. But the other eight months, it rained almost every day. That's insane. And that, we've all seen a pretty big shift in that over the course of the past 10 years. Wow. And I'm yeah. assuming here, you like people are a little bit more tuned, tuned into it. Not that they are nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of, I think a theme, and you're going to, I apologize to you in advance. Like yeah. I think a theme here is like how Portland, Portland is, right? From, <laughs> from the outside perspective. Yeah. Like I just read this whole art, article about mm-hmm. how, you know, um, a lot of like Portlanders now are like, it's ruined, like Portlandia <laughs> well, ruined Portland in a yes. way. Yes, there's there's a lot of arguments. There's there's New Portland, which you know has been you know it's like development and it's the people from a bunch of different other cities who have moved here, creating other businesses that probably are different than you know the kind of small artisan farmer maker you know mm. community vibe that has always been a part, uh, always been a big part of of, of being someone um, who lives here. Uh, you know, for me, I moved here myself, you know, you know, I can say that, you know, I've had a relationship with Portland for quite some time. I used, I went to college in Montana. So back in the nineties, I used to come visit Portland. So, uh, you know, early on, I started a relationship with Portland, Oregon, you know, I didn't move here because of an article in the New York times or, you know, because I saw right. Portland, yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> by any means, you know, <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of me. Not at all. No, 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 because, <laughs> because basically I'm what is the problem with yeah. Portland right now because <laughs> I'm ready to move here. No, Portland's like, amazing. It's reached the, like every time I'm here, I'm like, this is really cool. Portland's I amazing. do want to be here. You know, but I uh, mean, like there are some things you can't fight and you can either right. roll, roll with the times and use it to your advantage and, and flex and, 
and be happy and still promote the community that's developed from within the you know sure. things that have happened in the last you know five six eight years you know and and be happy about it you know i think there's definitely some sadness in seeing like old buildings you know close and old restaurants and you know food cart pods get taken down for apartment buildings to come up Ooh, you know? has that happened oh yeah that totally happens we had a huge pod cart you know one of the most iconic pod carts uh, just up the street downtown, and that's you know was taken down. And that's recently, right? Recently, okay. Because I've I'm, I know. get here once, maybe twice yeah. a year, and I feel like yeah. even from just running around, we'll get into running later. But like, yeah. like I feel like there were less food carts, like less food pods, whatever it just, is. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the yeah. the growth of the city. Yeah, you know, so that's sad. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can't fight it. So you know, you can either like bitch about it, or you can right. just kind of. A great example is like how this morning I did a spin class. But I Damn, you're up early. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, well, I didn't work till one thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My I got off at ten. But um, I was upset that there's no Soul Cycle here, okay. and like that's the part of Portland, right? That yeah. really would upset yeah. a Portlander. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't need Soul Cycle, yeah. bro. Yeah. We have yeah. spin class, and also, yeah. hey, look outside. We have bikes. Yeah, we have bikes. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to dance Classic. on your bike, and that's what I realized. Like I know I am a poser, <laughs> but at the same time. Like, I am totally ready. It's like, this is one of the few places for me that I'm like, yeah. My, I even said it last night at my show. I was like, my soul, yeah. I feel like, is a little bit more Pacific Northwest. I don't yeah. know, like, a, I'm a wolf inside or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's a calling almost. That, yeah, that, I that's mean, how you like, felt? I'm, I'm an East Coast kid, you know, totally grew up in East Coast, everything East Coast. All my best friends are, you know, Jewish kids from New York City. But at the same time, I love the, yeah, the West Coast. Yeah, at the same time, Coast. you went I to love, college in Montana. Yeah, I, I traveled around a bit. So, you know, I think there's like always this thing of like, you know, a lot of New Yorkers never leave New York. But I, I started leaving New York at an early age. I started leaving home right for high school to go to schools around the country for high school and for college, et cetera. Now, when, so, you, left, when you left New York, were you, because you left, what, 10, 11 years ago? Some, or? I left New York uh, uh, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So like Brooklyn then wasn't quite. Like, it was just starting to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I think my friends were just starting to move to Williamsburg. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, like, people were trying to sell me, yeah. like, property in Dumbo. And I was yeah, like, why? Yeah, Never. Yeah. And now, like, is, like, the biggest mistake ever. But, like, don't you feel like when you came out, like, isn't, isn't Brooklyn just kind of Portland? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I say this about I, San Francisco, no, too, parts of Seattle. Is. Like, isn't I think, it? I think New York is, like, an extreme version. You know, I think it's, like, it's, like, it's, you know, like, New York's just, like, a little more there's just like a few more balls in the fire. There's more right. money involved. It's like a little more fast paced, but the level of hipness in ours industry, which isn't, I'm not trying to put the two together, right? but I think it's a little more involved in New York, but there's, you know, there's definitely an element of that for sure. But I think, you know, I think that the best part of Portland is something that has never changed and something that you always find here is truly the sense of community and truly the sense of relationship with the people making your things and the relationship with farmers in that small town vibe. And I feel like as long as I've lived here, no matter what changes here, there's always been a small time community vibe. And I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. And, and we without... don't get that in a lot of other places. No. And without even talking to people, like there's, um, like I make the joke, like yesterday I was walking around in a Speedo and a wool sweater because that's how I like to like, but like, I feel like Were so really <laughs> not quite a Speedo, okay, okay. but like tiny shorts okay. and like a big sweater. And okay, I'm like, okay. I don't feel any yeah. problem with that. Yeah. Here. Like yeah. I feel yeah. like that's like, and I've always felt that about Portland. Like yeah. it, without talking to people or yeah. without even having to watch like an episode of Portlandia, like yeah. there's a sense of inclusion for everyone. Oh, here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like a pretension. It's yeah. just like, 
Yes, yeah. everyone, regardless of how you act or dress, yeah. like you are, you can be a part I mean, of the like, city. We live in an amazing place. I think, I think demographically, you know, it's a very white city. But at the same, and we're talking about specifically Portland. But right. at the same time, you know, I think like we live in an amazing blue dot in America. It's like the most liberal place I've ever lived. Um, people are very in tune with you know a lot of important causes from the environment to rights. You know, it's really, especially in this political climate, you know, it's really amazing to be able to live here. Um, and, and also in the food community, the food community represents such a great, you know, vast majority of so many different cultures from all around the world. You know, we have pe- people making great Russian food here, people making Japanese food, people making great Thai food, you know, people making great Haitian food here, people make great Ethiopian food. So within the food community, you know, I think all the cultures that are kind of missing in the extreme population I think a lot mm. of cultures from around the world are represented in the future. And you can meeting. see that in brick and mortars as well, right? Because I don't okay. Because you Absolutely. see it in the food carts, obviously. Absolutely. Like I had some dope Egyptian shawarma yeah. yesterday yeah. and I was like, Well <laughs> Exactly like a killer plate for yeah. like seven yeah. bucks. I was yeah, like, it's This great. is it's great. This is heaven right yeah, here. Everyone just a lot of people just kind of make their way here. I've been looking for ways to get more vegetables into my diet. And I know a lot of people make green smoothies, but only putting vegetables into my smoothies can make them Vegetable-y. Yeah, not taste so great. That's why I love Dole Fruit and Veggie Blends. They've yeah. created amazing balanced recipes. Jasmine, you know, frozen fruits yeah. and veggies. Delicious. So I know it always gets, I always get a delicious smoothie. All the work of pairing great tasting fruits and veggies is done for us. I can blend great flavors like berries and kale or fruits and greens in with some almond milk. Then seconds later, I'm sipping on a tasty smoothie and getting essential nutrients into my diet. Best part? I don't have to wash or prep anything. It's all ready to go. It's like each bag was born to be blended with fruit picked at peak ripeness. I know I'm going to get a delicious and satisfying smoothie every time. Sneaking more veggies into my day or our kids' days have never been easier or tastier. Dole fruit and veggie blends. Find them in your frozen aisle today. Because it's so like homegrown and like you know community driven. All these things we're talking about. When you you know you're you're a top chef alum, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel like there's uh like how have you had to deal with like oh now he's a now he's on TV now he's he's popular because I would feel like Portland would re- would would like repel like you know they wouldn't want to absorb that. I think no, I mean I think because there's not that many. I was actually thinking about right. Yeah. I mean it's it's you, it's Doug, and Doug uh, Naomi, right? I mean there's yeah, some some people who have been on uh, Jen Lewis, right? I mean people yeah. have done it. But. Yeah, I think. Honestly, like I had my career before I went on the show, and I'm super grateful because Top Chef catapulted so many things. But like, I just went back to my job as soon as I got done with the show, and you know, for the city, you know, and for Doug and I to both make it to the finals and all that good stuff, the city just the city, the city just really gathered around us tremendously. You know, right? Like, I I really felt like I was in the playoffs, like when I was in the finale just based off the response of the community. Yeah. I felt like that way too. um, Cause when I, my, uh, I was in Atlanta still when Mm -hmm. I competed and I I felt like that too. Like there is, especially with top chef, there's that like underdog, like represent our city. Yeah. So, so basically you're saying you were Dame Lillard. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, you were Dame Dollar. I mean, you were, I was quite, I was as good as Dame, but (laughs) well, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how that works out. Actually, it might be. Yeah. I mean, for the caller role, quite possibly, you know, but I think the thing is like a lot of people knew me before the show. So it wasn't like like I built a reputation from being on the show. So like if you're, and these are friends, so I want to preface by saying I'm not making a dig on anyone, but like, if Guy Fieri or Tyler Florence decided they were just going to open up a restaurant on the corner in Portland, <laughs> there, there would be some initial 
skepticism potentially. Uh, I yes, definitely. <laughs> By the way, 100%. your smile is super wide right now. Hundred uh, percent. Right, because I mean, and that's what because it's it's there's a like the city protects its own and like the homegrown. Uh, well, status. I think so. I mean, I think we're all you know. I mean, obviously, like you know. Talking about few community, you know, if someone moves to town and wants to do something amazing, you know, like I think we will receive them with open arms for sure. Right. But well, I, what's good is good. But right? I, think, I mean, I think everyone. I think you know, there's probably some concern of just bringing you know just a different crowd to right. Portland. If there's still. no Soul Cycle here, <laughs> you're still complaining about Soul Cycle. Then, <laughs> then where where does Tyler, Tyler Florence fit in? Right. Is that basically what we're saying? Although T Flow cooks really, really great food. Um, you're uh, to get this too. I uh, just want to get this on the record. And like when you competed on Top Chef, I was judging that season. I made yep. a couple of appearances. Mm-hmm. Your food. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like to, to like verify that these are actual goosebumps. Like you're incredibly talented. Thank you very much. Richard. Like you're one of the people who like I, when I would taste your food, like you, I would not want to compete against you. I wouldn't. Like you, you just like have a master uh-huh. of like balancing flavors. And uh, and you would do things that also had you know the word soul gets used a lot I think mm-hmm. in food but like you had that like just like where the food was the, your food is delicious mm-hmm. it's not just pretty or it's just not conceptual but it's all, but it is those things as well it's not just like rustic and like yeah. oh I just cook rustic flavors God. it's not your game you're very obviously you have a fine dining background. But like your 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 skills are like a list level. Top Chef was hard, <laughs> and it was hard, right? Yeah, it was so extremely I'm, hard. I mean, well, I mean, everyone says that, right? It's like a trope. I think in the first episode of when any good chef is on the season, you know, like, this is harder than it looks. Yeah. What was the hardest part for you? I think honestly, like, well, I, I want to thank Greg Brandon, who's my mentor, <laughs> for teaching me how to season. Right. You know, because I, I think that really helped me throughout the show, and just having like such a global. Pantry. Teaching you how to season. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is not I necessarily mean, a cooking podcast, but yeah. can you break that down? In yeah, a couple for sure. Of I mean, yeah. like, you know, so I worked for Jean Georges Von Grichten, you know, for six and a half years. I did my intern there. And then a week out of culinary school, I started with him, you know, just kind of relearning everything that I learned in culinary school. And my mentor, Greg Brainin, who's his recipe and kind of culinary director. You know, I worked side by side with him for that entire time as he kind of started taking over and making the recipes for the for the company, for mm-hmm. all the restaurants. So, you know, while he was kind of developing his person and his role, I was side by side as all these new recipes were being created for Jean Georges and recipe testing them as well. So I learned how to season, how to balance acid, how to use enough salt, how to use chilies, how to keep things approachable but yet interesting. And these are all things that he taught me. And I think that's something that's helped me throughout my career, kind of make food that, you know, appeals to a lot of people. Was this just like through repetition or were there actually a lot of like tips and Uh, techniques and hacks? Through through repetition and just just tasting things, just constantly tasting things till we're all on the same page about how it tastes. Right. Um, Is there a moment, like I remember, you know, I have some some of that three-star Michelin experience too as a young boy many Mm -hmm. years ago. but where I remember the first time, you know, when you take something to your chef when you're mm-hmm. a young cook and you're like, yep. chef, taste this. And like the normal answers are what? Like it needs more salt. Yep. Yeah. It could use some more acidity. Absolutely. I mean, when you're playing in the global lexicon, like maybe it could use more spice. Mm-hmm. But I remember taking something to one of my chefs at Danielle and he was like, and it was a braised dish. And he was like, it could use more celery. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. <laughs> Because like I'm ready yeah, to hear like yeah. what, how much more salt do I yeah, need? How much yeah. more acid do I need? Okay. It needs more celery, chef. Okay, okay. Like that is next <laughs> next level. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're oh, not, I'm not fine, even there yet. Yeah. Do you have any like I mean off the top of your head like moments like that where you just like especially with the global yeah. flavors? Yeah, I mean I think for me like some like 
like key moments were bringing something that didn't need any adjustment. You know, like I can remember a couple of times right. where I brought a couple of dishes in and, and they're like, it's perfect. It's a 10. You know, that was our scorecard. It was, it was one out of 10. Right. And when it was a 10, like you got the check and, you know, type the recipe. Well, like most people, yeah. so you, you were all, remember the, the, the many good times <laughs> yeah. that someone gave you a 10. Yeah. yeah. Those are good feelings, aren't they? Yeah. You always remember that. I remember, and now we're just sharing stories like the two, <laughs> two old line dogs throwing down some canned beer in Portland. Uh, but uh, what was this? Oh, I remember one time well, I, I worked at the laundry and uh, I, it was just, I just cooked some white beans. Mm-hmm. Right? These were just dried white beans. Oh, God, know? I had a but, but now beans. Beans, beans are extremely are challenging. tricky, right? Exactly. Dude, like, so this is I like, went down on the show on beans. <laughs> <laughs> beans are tough. Right, okay. Actually, I remember that now. Okay, there you go. That's right. I was there. Uh, and like they, have, they, they, they need time. They have to soak. There's so many things. And I remember taking like just, again, white beans yeah. like, cast, you know, for a casserole or whatever to, to TK. And he was like, Ricky, it's good. He called me Ricky, <laughs> even though no one has ever called me Ricky. That's where I was. Yeah. I, when, I, when, he, when I met him, he was like, what do you want to be called? You know, I was like, Richard, Richie, Rich. And he was like, I'm going to call you Ricky. Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's where I'm at. Uh, and he was like, they're good. They're perfect. And I was like, whoa, like the first time ever, like yeah. cooked white beans, yeah. like such a small thing. Yeah. But as a cook, you know, like, I mean, I, I mean, very tough. well, let's just say there's lots of different ways to cook beans all around the world. This is true. Okay. And the way I learned how to cook You're getting beans defensive from now. my mother <laughs> okay, wait, wait, this is quite different than how Wiley Dufresne likes his being cooked, as, Probably. I, as, as I learned on Top Chef. Probably. There you go, right? <laughs> uh, or is there no pressure cooker involved from when your mom's cooking beans, exactly. perhaps? Um, what do you think about, like, now that you're in that, like, again, not, this isn't a Top Chef podcast, but, like, this, the family of Top Chef. And, like, we're just coming off the James Beard Awards where a mm-hmm. couple of, like, and also, and I say this with respect, like, middle of the pack people who like as far as their performance on top chef mm-hmm. were like middle of the pack or sort of people mm-hmm. are winning like james beard awards indeed people are winning emmys indeed like the family is like represented no, i mean i think top chef truly represents a good slice of cooking in america today you know i think what the producers are good at are kind of picking people from all across different kind of levels and areas and just who do different things and the thing about competitive cooking on TV is like it's not for everyone, mm. and it doesn't necessarily prove that you're a good chef or not. It just proves that you're good at cooking under pressure in high pressure situations, which isn't really reality right. all the time. Yeah, you know, so like you can be a fantastic chef and run great restaurants, you know, but that doesn't mean you can you know bang out quick fires, you know. So you know, the person who is on Top Chef is a very different type of person. I think that anyone who is successful on Top Chef will be successful in life. Mm. But I don't think if you're not successful on Top Chef, that's going to hold you back from doing anything to have an amazing career. Yeah, often I feel like I'm, I've only been successful <laughs> on Top Chef. Or the, I'm, the, I'm the reverse of your analogy. It's I don't like, think so. With time and, 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 all, and resources, I don't do well. I just feel old and rusty at this point. So I mean, I'm, have you... Have you um, well, I mean, I'm sure. Would you do? Would you do it again, or or is like the competitive? And you're, there's a. Uh, I maybe honestly, I know things. Maybe maybe I know things. I mean, I feel like, like age wise, I feel like I'm, I'm old, but like like I don't feel old. So like I feel like I would definitely do it again. You know, like I left a lot on the table. You know, like I love May. I I mean, I learned so, so much about myself after Top Shot. It hurts. I wanted to. Did it hurt? Of course, it hurt. I know, but I mean, I'm really good at kind of like grasping situations and dealing with like disappointment and loss <laughs> right well that's what so, it comes with being old yeah yeah <laughs> and recovery so. right 
Um, so, so I was okay, but at the same time, you know, you know, what if, you know, I, I think just knowing, well, the thing is like, I knew exactly what I did wrong, you know, throughout the season and especially in the finale, I knew what I did wrong and it would be fantastic to go back and to, to kind of fix those things with all the learnings that I've had over the past five years. That's amazing. It takes, I, I always feel like too, like, um, and again, I, I was fortunate enough to compete twice, yeah, right? So I actually was it. in your shoes. Yeah. Um, I got to channel you if I go back. What's that? I got to channel you if I ever go back. Good. Well, let's hit it up. <laughs> let's hit it up. First of all, I'm actually selling the Richard Blaze prep, prep, <laughs> prep lessons for people who go back or, I actually do want to do that. Total sidebar. I know you're an athlete. We're yes. going to talk about your running and which is insane. But like I would, especially the second time when I competed on Top Chef. Do you know that I would like go into a parking lot with like a weighted shopping cart and I would like run 30 yard sprints? Really? Yes. Dude, you're hardcore. I would map out a Whole Foods. Wow. Be like, <laughs> you don't know, Gee's on the bottom shelf yeah, in aisle eight yeah, at yeah. like five different Whole Foods yeah. in three different cities. See, this is good. But this, I mean, people yeah. don't know that. I yeah. always thought that like all these shows too, not just Top Chef, I don't want to yeah. keep it to one franchise, but like, like the behind, like you don't get to see it. You don't get to see the whole show. Right? True. And so like the shop, what do you see? Like, you yeah. make a you make a weird like you talk smack to one yeah. of the competitors. Yeah. You Start something falls out of your cart. Yeah. You see a number on a on a cash register, yeah. and that's the whole scene. Yeah. But that's a twenty minute shop or a thirty minute shop, like mm-hmm. as an example. And what happens in those moments, like all these little decisions, you know, I wish they had time. You know, maybe in the digital world, it's not Game of Thrones, but they should <laughs> have like a digital sort of like, well, this is what happened, and this is what was in the cart, and all these things, because I think that stuff is for the super fan, pretty fascinating. So, but you're an athlete. You would, you're not, you think that's too much? Like <laughs> pushing a shopping cart? No, around. not at all. I mean, I think that's a great training detail. Hey, is it time to put the heat back into your relationship with breakfast, but a hot breakfast just sounds like too much work? Well, it's time to head over to the egg aisle and pick up Just Crack an Egg. It's a hot, fluffy breakfast scramble that'll have you back in hot breakfast love in less than two minutes. All you've got to do is add a fresh egg over their hearty breakfast fixins, then stir, microwave, and reignite your love of breakfast. And something else you'll love about Just Crack an Egg is that it has no artificial flavors, dyes, or preservatives, but even better is how fluffy and cheesy and delicious it is. It comes in seven different varieties, including three brand new kinds, veggie Southwest style and protein packed scrambles, or just try one of the classics like Denver or all American. So don't wait for the weekend to get a little hot, hearty breakfast love into your AM. It's time to run with your arms wide open to the egg aisle and take breakfast back with just crack an egg. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. So you're a runner. I am a runner. But you're like, I mean, I'm uh, a professional runner. Well, <laughs> I mean, have you been paid? I, I don't know. If you, no. Have you been paid to run? I guess that makes it professional. I've been paid to run for pictures. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you're, you're a professional runner. But like you're like, uh, distance is your game. Yes. Uh, I've been a long distance runner. That distance has shortened over the past, you know, like five, six years. I'm trying to get back at it. You know, it is a pretty big time commitment. But yeah, I've I've run fifty miles a few times. You know, I, 
I'm kind of like just kind you of say that so like nonchalantly. <laughs> like I mean, you're yeah, like, you, you know it. I see it in your head. Like you know yeah. what a big like achievement it is. It, no, it's a <laughs> lot. It's a lot. Fifty miles. Yeah, I've done it twice. It's so hard. Like okay, so I've run. I'm getting running to run. We should do it together, dude. You want to run the New York City Marathon? I'd love to. I mean, you're up for it. I mean, yeah. you've run 50 miles, 26 points. There's nothing for you. We should do that. I've actually Have you never, run it before? I've never done the New York Marathon. And I actually retired from road racing, right. but I might come back this year. So I've always said that the New York Marathon is a road race I would come back for. Dude, it. if I get you a bib, are we in? Yeah, 100%. Okay, I'm going to try and make that happen. This okay. is real. This is real okay. talk, like live 100%. on air. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so like, I've run five marathons and like uh, still a big achievement. Mm-hmm. But like at 20 miles... Right, your yeah. body for me, yes, the, you know the proverbial wall, yeah, like is a real thing, yeah. It's like the wall in yeah. Game of Thrones, like so, unless you have that uh, ice dragon to break it down, <laughs> which has to be your mentality. Like, how do you so how do you do so that then twice? I mean, like you, you don't obviously you don't just run fifty miles. It takes it literally takes years of training, you know. Right. And it's not you don't train by running like forty miles like every weekend. You know, like, but you got to get up to 40. Mm-hmm. I think before my first 50, the furthest I'd had run was 40. And in one clip, though, right? yeah, as in yeah. a training run, yeah. And that took about like, you know, maybe like three years after my first marathon, I, right. I started running that far. But it's consistently laying down the groundwork of being able to run, you know, like 31 miles and you know, running a marathon and then running 20 miles the next day. So, like, that's how the training works. But I want you to think of it this way you know, when you ran your first half marathon, could you ever think that you could run a full marathon? When I ran my first 10K, I yeah. would never have thought yeah. that I could so, run a 10K. So it's like the same thinking and same, you know, physiology of like, if you can run a marathon, you probably can't imagine running two, but just as you ran your, a half marathon, you could run a whole marathon. Right. So it's like the same thing. It's just longer training. So, I mean, it's, it's really embracing the journey as yeah. well, right? Like and, you have to. Yeah. And believing that you can do it and believing you can do it. And it's not like you're, okay. And there's just like another thing, like it's not fast, you know, like a lot of road runners are very like I stopped running road because I was far less concerned with time. And for me, running truly wanted to be, I wanted running to be an escape. I wanted to run into the woods. I live in Oregon. It's amazing. Mm. I can be in Forest Park or I can be in the gorge and I can go running for like eight hours and like not have to talk to anybody. And, you know, for me, I just wanted to be in the woods as long as possible. So you're like hanging out, you're running, you're eating, you're drinking water. You know, right. you're just out there just having the best time ever. I'm feeling that. that that's, no, because that's what I want. As a matter of fact, yeah. my, the, one of the biggest challenges of like the New York City Marathon yeah. is that there's, I like that escape as well. Mm-hmm. Like some of my favorite moments as a runner. Mm-hmm. Like I had, you know, the whole like runner's high thing that happens, which is a real Absolutely. thing, right? It's amazing. And like there was one time on like, an, it was a morning run and my, only my wife knows this and now mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. everyone, you know, <laughs> 30,000 people or whatever it is. Um, like I sort of like felt like a lion. Like, this yeah. is like really yeah. like weird, yeah. but like I was like, yeah. I'm a lion. Like I felt yeah. like a lion. I like yeah, whatever spirit yeah. animal, whatever. Yeah. Like I was like, this yeah. is real. I was like, this yeah. is dope. Like I'm a yeah. lion. Like I'm in the middle of the suburbs in Atlanta, yeah. but I'm a lion. I right feel now. like a, like a, you know, like a wild warrior when I'm in the woods running by myself. It's amazing. It is. It's yeah. like an incredible feeling. But yeah. when you're running a road race and yeah. it's kind of, I think what you're saying, mm-hmm. Uh, and there's 50,000 people running with you. Yeah. And some of these streets in New York are like super, super can, like canals. Yeah. Right? Um, there's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. Especially, mm-hmm. God forbid, if someone recognizes you or your bib says your name on it and yeah. you're like some Z-list celebrity. Yeah. Like, so like the only way to hide in like the New York Marathon is the middle okay. of the road, yeah. which is a really weird feeling to yeah. be like, the only way people aren't going to see me if I'm in the dead middle. Yeah. Uh, but I need to get out in the woods more, I guess yeah. is what I, is, yeah. that's what I need to do. It's dangerous though in the woods. Are there wild animals up here? Aren't there bears uh, and stuff? And- I, when I was training for like all my long races, I would train at night and like... I've 
you know, like granted, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you train and I like start the run at night like or you, like run like super you early run in the morning. Run at night, run at night. So a couple of things like which I love. I, I trained for my first few marathons right after work. Like the first year I started running, like mm. long this longer distance. I started running like right after work. So I, I like that. Yeah, so because like you're pumped up already. Yeah, you're pumped. Like you don't you, instead of going to the bar, you go for a run. So when I started long distance trail running, I would have to you know I knew that I would have to run at night. And I would have to go run in the woods at night. And, you know, like, I am from Queens, you know? Like, right, I did right. not grow up with, like, right. a lot of parks around me. Right. Like, camping. The like concrete jungle. Like, all these things yeah. came much later in life. So, like, I kind of, like, have, like, a fear of, like, the dark and, like, the woods. Who doesn't? You know? By the way. <laughs> so, like, I remember the first time I tried to go running in the woods at night by myself. Like, I just couldn't do it. And, like, I was, like, hella scared. Right. Even though I had the night Yeah, like on. a headlamp. Yeah. And, okay. But then I got over it. Because, because it's like wild animals. Yeah. But yeah, it's scary. <laughs> oh, did you run with music? Like not at nighttime. Not at night. Okay. Not at night. Or do you, or do you run with tunes or? Uh, uh, for the most part, if I'm doing like a really can't like if it's long. road running, yes. But if I'm in the woods, I usually try to not have music on. Like if I'm like deep in the woods, like in the gorge or something, um, I'll definitely try to like just not have music on. And well, it's because it's dangerous enjoy. for those like wild animal sort of reasons and stuff too, right? Well, I think the more technical terrain, you kind of want all your senses, right? Yeah. And then also, like I'm a big um, like little things. You know, whatever. Like, if your shirt starts to chafe you or whatever, little things yep. bother me. So, yeah, like, exactly. I would want to, like, smash headphones yeah, or exactly. throw away yeah, my it's phone. it's just, like, one more thing to fuss with, so. Yeah, and I would just... And I'm also a big uh, discarder. Okay. I don't, are you, like... I don't know. Like, I, like, have these moments where, like, okay, at, at mile 10, yeah. I will get rid of my gloves. Okay. <laughs> and it's, like, a weird reward, though, yeah. for me. It's, yeah. like, you know, it's, like, okay. I'm, it's like almost being in a hot air balloon and, like, yeah. I'm releasing yeah. some weight and that, that'll carry me through another <laughs> mile. But obviously, I'm a weird dude. That's what we get into. You had mentioned, like, you're out there on these long runs, like, um, eating and, and stuff like that. Like, what is your nutrition? Like, how do you deal with nutrition during a run? During the run, you know, I, sometimes I run on an empty stomach, which is like one way to kind of train and manage weight. Right. Uh, but I think for long distance, I don't recommend that. No. I'll eat like a little, you know, all sun butter and jelly sandwich before I head out. Right. I'll carry dates. I'll carry chocolate. I'll carry oranges. There's this really great local product called Trail Butter. Right. Which makes a bunch of different flavors. It's like a really high density nut butter. So you're keeping it very Portland, very organic. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like running with but, a little fanny pack but, or what? Because that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, by I the carry way. a backpack. Like okay. at all times. So just a lightweight backpack. Yeah, lightweight backpack. And these are for right races over 20 miles or something uh, like that. I don't know. Honestly, or, like I run with it all the time. It's like my little security blanket. Oh, see? So, okay. <laughs> see, like, that's yeah. keep it weird, Portland. <laughs> it's my little security that's blanket. That's what I'm talking about. Like the discard yeah. thing or your security blanket. Yeah. Like there's these little yeah. weird moments. And I actually kind of gave up a lot of caffeine this year. I gave up coffee this year. So oh. I do have some energy gel, just like energy gel, organic energy gel. That's caffeine with, with, that's free? Caffe- that's caffeinated. Right. Oh, okay. So like it just like gives Ooh. me like a pretty big zing and I love it. <laughs> Caffeine is the, on the yeah. nutrition take, I've been yeah. like, um, I've lost a lot of weight in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and like I go through these weird, like no, no flour, no, no yeah. dairy, whatever it is. Yeah. But the caffeine is the one I, yeah. I don't think I can break. Yeah. It's, I've been pretty good. Because like any, anything that I think when you stop doing it, you get a headache. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably true. not great. Yeah. Well, I give up coffee in January, uh, just to kind of, I give up a lot of things in January. I actually lost 30 pounds just this year. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I can't I, even I, imagine I, I, like no, I, a you 30 pounds. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of tall, so no one can really envision it. Right. But yeah. So. That is true about really yeah. tall people. Yeah. I got a friend who's like six, eight and like, you know, he was like, oh, I just lost five. I was like, dude, you're like yeah. seven foot tall. Like yeah. no one, no, no one really is. Yeah. No one's noticing your belly. So they're after look, 30 up. days off of coffee, I was still really sluggish and tired and I felt like the top half of my brain wasn't working yet. So I told myself I wouldn't give up just because nothing had changed yet. So I went 60 days 
and I started to feel a little bit better. And now I'll have like a little bit of chai like every couple of weeks. So, nice. Keeping it chaffy. Yeah. And chai. it forces me to get more sleep, which because when I was, you know, drinking caffeine and coffee all the time, like it was a crutch to not get enough sleep. So now I'm forced to sleep. Right. More. Were you then, were you the chef who's like, you know, the food runner's getting you a double espresso right before service and yeah, it'd be like running you know, like a double quart espresso. of coffee, you right? Know, like <laughs> the large deli, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. At like five p.m. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I was like that. Like, yeah, yeah double espresso like, at nine p.m. I'm still sadly yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. I might have done that last night. Hey, you know, for 120 years. S. Pellegrino's sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage. In a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the red star has become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance, San Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all cuisines. That's why I serve it in all of my restaurants and enjoy it at home with my family. It's these special experiences with family and friends that matter the most. So listen, as as we connect and move through the year, you got to plan for unforgettable meals and the most memorable moments. With S. Pellegrino on the table, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To unlock more tasteful moments and culinary tips, visit www.sanpellegrino.com slash US. That's www.sanpellegrino.com slash US. Your story, of course, is so many layers to it. Uh, I, before you came, I got to, a chance to watch your uh, Portland TED Talks. Oh, Awesome. Which like you Thank crushed you. that by the way. Thank you. Like, are you doing a lot of public speaking, or is uh, that every now and then? You okay. know, I think, I think once being able to speak about sobriety on well, okay, Top Chef. You know, you talk about the same things quite often. You know, so being able to be open on that platform and seeing what it did for a lot of people and having that impact. You know, a lot of people in sobriety, which is kind of you know, well, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous, and a lot of that is talking about being anonymous and talking about you know like not being out there in the public but for me because i was so open on the show top chef i was able to kind of let all these demons go and be very open mm. and honest and it helped a lot of people you know seeing that i was in recovery and seeing that all these things are possible you can recover and you know live your life and the outreach that i received from that was really really powerful now so, do you, so, so you feel a great, do you feel a greater like one even when you go on Top Chef whatever your story is yeah. I think a great responsibility comes your way not to sound like Spider-Man or yeah. Yoda or yeah. whatever yeah. Like, because people then start reaching out to you and you realize yeah. like yeah what I do actually people are watching absolutely so like when TEDx approached I felt like I had to peel another layer of the story because you know I gave I gave probably about 50% I gave probably like 80% of the story on Top Chef you right know, because there isn't that much time to talk about stuff exactly so on the, in the TED I kind of went deeper into like what really happened in my life and, and like you know how bad it really was and you know some tips on recovery and helping being able to help other people today i'm extremely vocal about my recovery and you know we actually have a group called ben's friends which is um a recovery group for people just in the service industry you know so we meet every tuesday at jacobson salt company and we have about 30 different people from all different walks of the industry you know sommeliers who are kind of looking for an identity change bartenders, cooks, you mm. know, line cooks, you know, seasoned, you know, restaurateurs who have given up everything to start over, you know, and we just talk about recovery and, and how to stay recovered in this industry, which is a pretty challenging industry. The hours, the pressure, you know, that's the, the booze everywhere. Um, so it's been really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, I, I always, um, I haven't had a drink in over 10 years, oh, right? That's amazing. 
But like, what's weird is like, I don't, I've never talk, really talked about it. Like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'll taste and spit if I'm on a show or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like, as far as like ordering 10 years, but like, I've never, it's never, I've never really told the story. Mm-hmm. So like listening to you tell your story mm-hmm. on the, te- you know, on a big platform yeah. like that. Yeah. Like one, it's inspiring. And obviously you have this incredible willpower that obviously serves you not just in your recovery, but on the trail, mm. in the restaurant, you work until one thirty. <laughs> like, I'm a determined how do you, person. How, right, so, and, and seemingly when things weren't great for you as determined. Yeah. Oh no. So like you talk about in your talk, I like, yeah. it's kind of like flipping. Yeah. Like I it's mean, turning I, the switch I the think other way. one thing about people with like addictive personalities is like, you are a very determined person. Like I think, addicts and alcoholics are the most persistent determined people they're extremely crafty and creative in a lot of different ways so when you're able to channel channel all that negative energy and and that negative thinking into positive things you can accomplish a lot right it makes giving up caffeine pretty easy then that that was kind of (laughs) hard it's like i got nothing left at this point but (laughs) i mean it does like i just love how you flip that yeah but i love in yeah i mean i know that i can do anything because you know i've gone through the worst you know i mean who's who's to know what life is going to throw at me but i know that i have the resources to be able to mentally go through anything because i have the gift of recovery and i think that's great for your your staff too right like for your employees for the people that are working with you like to know that story it's true um because everyone also everyone is dealing with their own challenges indeed. and demons indeed yeah and even if it's not addiction i mean it's just that's the way the world is and like yeah. if there's anything good that has come from like like you had mentioned earlier like the world we're in right now especially for our industry mm-hmm. i think this is one of those things like to be able to talk about things openly to be able to have these moments like you said you're sharing with people in the industry and sommeliers who are dealing with these challenges we didn't talk about it oh god no a matter of fact and you mentioned it in your ted talks which everyone you got to go um check it out um it was kind of glora. It was like we, we, it was romantic, right? I talked about it last week in the podcast, and we're come from a similar. You work for John George, I work for Danielle. Like we mm-hmm. have similar sort of th- a thing. It's like you were either the bad boy rock star chef, mm-hmm. or you were like the clean, crisp coat, you know, you know, mm-hmm. tall toke sort yep. of chef. Yep, yep. That was it. Yep, yeah. Like that, you you, you were one of those two guys. Maybe yeah. you could combine the two. I mean, I don't ever remember having anxiety as a line cook. <laughs> Like, right. Now I have anxiety all the time. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, you know, again, thanks to the top chef, I just know that I have to just dive right in and just like keep, keep pushing. Right. You know, but you know, like back then we just, we just worked and we were like self-managed in a lot of different ways. And, you know, we just had to keep on going, you know, and the culture is definitely different these days. And, you but know, you had mentioned too, like, okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're hanging out with your, your friends. And like you're you're playing as hard as you work. Yeah, yeah. And like that yeah. was like like yeah. and you and, and it was you know there there's like there was a romance to that. Yeah, and there's also a handful of us who are in recovery right. from from. Well, those but but kitchens. now the now now yeah. we've like and because yeah. of you yeah. now we've we've changed it up. Like now the story is like we're talking about it, mm-hmm. and like maybe that wasn't the right way to go about it. Yeah. And like those were wrong things, and there can't just be two, you know, uh, iconic you know, uh, fictitious personalities of the chef. Yeah. Chefs and sommeliers and people in our industry, they're, they're all different, right? Mm. And it's not just, you got to be a bad boy. You yeah. got to play hard. You got you to yeah. work hard. You got to work. Some of them are just like, um, like with the hours of our industry, you know? Like, you know, should you have to work a 80, 90, 100 hour week or whatever? Like, yeah. like that's, that's a problem too. Like, I remember, I remember, and you probably remember from a young cook or maybe still now because you were working until one thirty <laughs> last night. It was like, if you didn't work longer than the person next to you, and I'm sure this happens in law and being a doctor or a lawyer, yeah. like you weren't good enough mm-hmm. if you had to go home 
to your family yeah. or if you had to leave yeah. at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I remember just how early we used to come in just to make sure we were set up. And like no one told us to, you know, obviously because it was a, it was a, it was an aggressive way of showing, right? It yeah. was like kind of like a, a passive aggressive way. <laughs> it's like when you walk up to someone's station in a kitchen and you start cleaning it. <laughs> you don't say anything. You start cleaning their station. It's like really dick moves that happen in French kitchens. Um, speaking of French kitchens, uh, like I think it goes back to why you're so talented. Your time at JG, right? Just, I mean, that's where you sort of master these global Absolutely. flavors, which I competed with Angelo Sosa. Did you uh, work with Angelo? Oh my God, I love Angelo. Yeah, yeah, we did. Your food, that, yeah. and like, that's the commonality that yeah, you guys yeah, have. Yeah. He was the toughest guy I felt yeah. like I ever cooked against on the show. He, he loves white chocolate. He, 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 there's a lot of things Angelo loves. <laughs> that we'll have to get him on the podcast. But like that sort of understanding of just yeah. like all these. Food. No, we were there at the same time. I actually replaced him as a sous chef when he went to go work. I think he moved to, 60, to Spice Market and I replaced him as a sous chef. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. chased that money. He chased that money to go make some edamame wontons. Uh, we'll have to bring him up. But you guys are both killer. All right. We're um, nearing. And now you're, wait, are you do, are you doing Haitian food? So... Uh, Again, I know you did beer yeah, dinner and you've yeah. Done so some... after Top Chef, I was like really inspired to just learn more about food. Like I walked away from the finale and I was like, "Damn, there's like so much out there that I don't know." Because Top Chef, you know, truly tests everything you know about food. You know, like you, there's no notebooks, there's no cookbooks, there's no computers. So like it's really just everything that you have, you have in your head to get you through that season. So I walked away and I was like, "All right, I need to travel. I need to learn more." I need to eat more. So I started traveling, you know, going to Asia a lot because the restaurant I work at is an Asian concept. And through that, I was like, well, I feel like I'm missing something. And it really was this reconnection with all the food that I grew up eating and all the food that was in my household as I grew up. So last year I went to Haiti twice, actually. Mm. And we had done a beer dinner and it was a departure dinner. And, you know, um, Isabella, the beer program was like, you should come back and make Haitian food. So I gave myself a year. I was like, all right, we'll come back next year. And through that... I was like, my mom's going to cook with us. We're going to make it very traditional. That's and, the best part of the story. I'm going to go way. to Haiti, and we're going to check this out. So I went to Haiti after the, 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 for the first time in, in 20 years. and went back to Haiti, and I reconnected with my family and all these. I actually lived in Haiti when I was a kid for a year. Okay. And our entire family, our entire household, our entire community was Haitian. So all these flavors came back. You know, I ate food I hadn't had in, like, you know, 20 years, 30 years. I, the floodgate opened of all these memories. It was really, really powerful. I was able to do, we did like four Haitian dinners between the Beard House and Departure last year. And it was all just kind of like building up. We did three test runs of the dinner that we served at the Beard House. And it was me and my mom cooking a very traditional Haitian meal. And now it's a pop-up that we do for charity, for oh. uh, a, a, a center for homeless kids in Haiti. And we raise money. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been good. I love that. Um, I grew up, um, and my neighbors on like both sides where I grew up were Haitian. Like I grew up with oh, a, lot of, a lot of amazing really good Haitian yeah, friends. <laughs> so like I, th- th- I always had that food, right? Like I'd walk and go yeah. to their house and yeah. it's like, there's oh, always amazing. peas and rice on yeah, the yeah, stove. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone also it's... is always sweeping the floor, <laughs> even though it doesn't need to be swept. Like it's just like kind of around, it's kind of like a great kitchen. It's like someone in the family is always sweeping the floor. I always had, that's a memory I always have. Like it smells great. Yeah. There's delicious food. Yeah. And like, you don't need to be sweeping the floor. And like you walk in and then I'm yeah. sweeping the floor, yeah. like whatever it is, like you just jump in the rotation. Yeah. Um, but it is an underserved cuisine. So, I mean, yep. I think that's amazing that you're doing it. And then, you had also like going back to your roots, indeed, which is something that like uh, again, as someone who like grew up in New York and like doesn't have a sh- my, my my own personal story, like I don't have a strong cultural connection to any one cuisine. Mm-hmm. It always bothered me, mm-hmm. like I, like kind of like a mutt, like I don't know, like mm-hmm. I don't have like the the Nona making meatballs in yeah. the back stove. I don't yeah. have that story, 
And I've tr- I just went to Sweden where I, you know I did the DNA test and mm-hmm. like I don't know one side of my family, so like I'm trying to find that as well. Oh, amazing, um, which is great. But is there a and this is a t- not to turn this into a political sort of thing or or even like a serious conversation, but like is there a danger to that if we all started doing that and really focusing on that? Like obviously you're not totally focused on just yeah. Haitian cuisine, but I was almost like, does it create a like food nationalism? Like if you're like I'm <laughs> Swedish and so now I'm only going to start cooking Swedish food, like yeah. that's not what we're about. I mean, I think if it's you, I think... This is a very Portland question. You know, I mean, I think food represents you. And, right. you know, you know, if you're going to put something out there, it should come from your heart. And, like, there's passion and there's interest in all these global flavors and all these things from around the world. And, you know, obviously, even if we are a certain, you know, from a certain place and we want to make that food, we're probably inspired by different cooking methods that we've learned. A lot of us have worked in fine dining kitchens and we see that in our food. You know, like someone like Kwame, you know, and like he has like fine dining experiences and like you see like the story he's telling, but there's like a fine dining element to what he's doing. Right. You know, so like there's that story as well. But I mean, I definitely think making food of your culture is like very, very important. 100%. I think especially now when like so many things are getting threatened and, you know, certain cultures and certain, you know, countries are just getting attacked constantly. And, you know, like, you know, Haiti got called like a shithole, you know, like, right. so like I'm extremely proud of where I'm from and you know I definitely want to tell that story far more you know Absolutely. In, any, in any space I can but is it okay like okay if I love Mexican food mm-hmm. but I have nothing I'm not Mexican at all because mm-hmm. I've done the DNA I yeah. know okay. <laughs> like can I cook Mexican food right yeah like I, mean, I know that this has yeah. been an issue here with, with, in Portland oh, right? you know like issue. right right so like yeah. but if I love it and I respect it and I've traveled there you know I, personally, I think if you're including the people of origin in these stories you know and you know like I, you know, I've gone to Asia numerous times, you know, like I spend money in these countries. I work with purveyors in these countries to bring ingredients to the United States, you know, like, and if I make something and it's not 100% Thai, right. you know, but it's, I, I'm not calling it Thai food, you know, like I'm just inspired by these ingredients in this country and, and a respect, you know, exactly. so the whole like cultural appropriation thing, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we should be respectful of other cultures, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, making money off other cultures without giving something back to these communities. Right. It's like, a, it's a, it is a nuanced conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, amazing. And this is where I think we just stumbled upon why there are <laughs> quotations on menu items. <laughs> and then maybe that's it. Maybe we just figured out why some restaurants yeah, you know, but do I, mean, I think we need to stick together, you know? And I yeah. think the global story needs to keep getting told. Yeah, I love exactly yeah. what you're saying. It's like I, I too sometimes because I, you know, try to create concepts. And it's like, what's the, what's, you know, what is the business that hasn't been tapped into? Like for me, one of those is like Indian food. Like I love Indian food, mm-hmm. but like it hasn't really popped into the mainstream yet mm-hmm. for some reason. This mm-hmm. is now me out really getting a yeah. cons- cons- <laughs> consultation from you. Yeah. Like it's got spice. It's got vibrant colors. Yeah. It's vegetarian, it's a, plant-based. Yeah. It's got a lot of like the it's hot t- it's things got going. <laughs> it's got Padma. Right. Exactly. And, and, and it's, you could wrap things. I guess yeah. it's got, and like it hasn't popped. Like why? You know, um, so anyway, I guess what I'm saying is let's open up an Indian restaurant. <laughs> okay. uh, Padma, if you're listening, we'll, we'll go out there. We'll, we'll make a couple trips. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Did you know that Miller Lite was the beer that launched the light beer category? Miller Lite is the original light beer, and from the start, it has never compromised on taste. That's because it's always brewed to have more taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs. Miller Lite, hold true. Near the end, you down to play a, a fun little game? Okay, yes. At the end of the podcast? Okay. okay. So this one I tried to, uh, I, I've crafted this uh, in the wee hours of last night with that double espresso that okay. I shouldn't be drinking at, <laughs> okay. at, at 11 p.m. Uh, this game's going to be called, and you're from fine dining, so I'm sure you've heard this term. 
in, in, in John George, or maybe even if your own restaurants, you use it now, the term PPX, right? Person particular yeah, yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> so for our viewers who, you know, maybe just started cooking. It's like, or, coast, it's like beyond VIP. Ex- yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. PPX yeah. is beyond yeah. VIP, which oh, is the man. perfect way to say it. We have not used that in so long. Exactly. But tonight, put it on one ticket for me. Just put it on one ticket. Okay. So this game is going to be called PPX. Or PDX, okay, which okay. is the acronym okay. for Portland, right? Yes, okay. Yes. So this is from the guest's perspective. Okay. So I'm going to present a scenario, and you let me know if it's PPX, okay, or if it's PDX, okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to embarrass myself. Okay. Uh, these are all from, again from the guest's perspective. This person brings in their own mother of pearl spoon. <laughs> For caviar. Is this PPX That's person? P- PPX. Or? Definitely PPX. That's PPX. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is something that I could see eventually trending in Portland. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's something Because caviar is hot right now. Yeah, caviar is great, especially sustainable American caviar. Boom. There, is, there, there's got a, is there a farm here or something? Uh, someone, actually, I, I know just, Northern California, there's a couple. Uh, we don't have anything here. Okay. I, I just heard some stuff from, from the Arkansas Department of Wildlife Conservation, which is sustainable. Andrew Zimmern turned me on it. Oh, right on. Yeah, it, of it's, course. It's, I serve at the Beard Awards. It's amazing. Nice. Okay, so caviar is making it. It's, it maybe we can do that. Maybe I should open up <laughs> a Mother of Pearl spoon shop right here on Harvey Milk. <laughs> Street, which is the best name for a street yeah. ever, by the way. Okay, uh, that's the first one. Uh, this person has dined in 13 three Michelin star restaurants and went fishing with Massimo. Is this a PPX <sighs> guest or a PDX guest? So we have one of our <laughs> local treasures is Gary the Foodie, who okay. is an amazing... Gary the Foodie. Yeah, he's an amazing Good human who has traveled, who literally travels four days a week around the world. To Mission Star restaurants, I don't think he's gone fishing with Massimo, <laughs> okay. but he's he's pretty close up there. Would he go fishing with Massimo? I would, I definitely think he would probably go fishing with Massimo. Okay, so this is going. We're, we're gonna go PPX because PDX, excuse me, because because we do have a little bit of it all here. I love that. Yeah. I was expecting PPX. Yeah, I was expecting PPX. No. We're going PDX because yeah. of Gary. Gary the foodie. Gary the foodie. Yeah, crushing the Instagram. game. <laughs> okay, uh, this person is in your restaurant. They may request a canned beer pairing. With the tasting menu. <laughs> That's definitely PDX. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. There's going to be a lot of awful tropes uh, uh, in here. So I do apologize to Portland. But again... I was upset there wasn't a soul cycle. Here. No, I mean, we have great beer culture here. There, so. there you go. I, that's what I. That's where yeah, I was going. We have amazing with it. beer culture. It's, here. it's all about the yeah, beer here. Yeah. All right, this person hasn't watched TV in 20 years and wants to let you know that they haven't. No, that's definitely PDX. <laughs> that's definitely PDX. That's PDX. Yeah. Like top, like yeah, mid level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not even like an uncommon thing. No, I mean I don't even own a TV. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm on TV all the time. Exactly. <laughs> and I know this because I, I did a little live corporate thing here last night, and I had a lady. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Be like, I know you're a TV person, but I haven't owned a TV. For-. And told me the story yeah, yeah. of when she decided to give up TV. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what she was yeah. talking about, but it was very PDX to me. Okay. This person is a doctor of trees. Okay. No, that's definitely PDX. <laughs> this is PDX. I just dated an arborist, so. An arborist. Exactly. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Uh, a doctor of trees. Love it. Okay. This person requests the meal to be served on limited flatware. To preserve water resources. <laughs> it's, it's definitely PDX. <laughs> this is PDX. I mean, like, that's not far from the truth. We haven't quite got that, but that's not far from the truth. Okay. This is also, yeah. it's very PDX. It's also very Jasmine Blaze, who okay. does the opens of the show and yeah. you know, sometimes is on the podcast yeah. traveling with me. And she's reached that level. 
I'm not a fact. I need to take her to Portland. She's never yeah. been. Okay. Oh, because yeah. she, I feel like yeah. she's real. Like I'm a poser. I'm looking for Soul Cycle, <laughs> but she's the real deal. Okay. So like we have just started carrying containers to restaurants. <laughs> no, it's amazing. To like, I mean, know. that's that's. I think like LA's on that level. I know a lot of my friends in LA are on that level. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird that it's, it's happening that way. I need to get on that level. Um, this person asks the server about the restaurant's healthcare plan for employees before ordering. That's definitely PDX. <laughs> That's definitely PDX. Maybe this game is is not going to be that hard for I you. I love it. Right? These things are great. Which it, it, is true. I yeah. think this is all that could also fold into California, but it's PDX. This person's a big tipper. Big tipper? Um, now, as a restaurateur, this is a tough answer for you. <laughs> I mean, I think I think if you're PPX, I think if you're getting an like, elevated level of service, you might want to tip a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Now, yeah, you, you only had one answer. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be honest. You also kind of did that. <laughs> like, like I could tell your voice just like raised a little bit. Okay. Um, this person will be paying uh, in cash. In cash? Uh, I, I think this is a PDX because <laughs> there's like the whole cashless debate now. Right. And if it, you know. Oh, that's right. This could go either way. If it right? ostracizes certain groups and all that, that discussion. So yeah, definitely PDX. I've seen that argument trend on local Facebook. Got it. No one's no one's doing yep. Bitcoin though, right? That's like a joke, no, right? No, okay, I was no. gonna say like, that's no. too Portlandia. Yeah. Like that's not happening. Where do you stand on getting rid of pennies? This is totally a sidebar right now. Oh, Should I, we get rid of pennies? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I don't use cash. <laughs> there we go. I hate um, change. Amazing. Uh, this person's known as the Prince, but really is just a DJ who spins vinyl only. <laughs> All right, we'll skip that one. I think it's PDX. PDX. I, I just for I, I invented a character called the Prince. Okay. Pins on vinyl. That's okay. all that, that's happening. Um, okay, this person biked to dinner. Biked to dinner? Oh, that's that's definitely PDX. That's the, like I'm yeah. not. These aren't even hard yeah. for you yeah, right yeah, now. Like, like what's happening right now? Yeah, I'm biking. Um, okay, uh, this person asks about the corkage fee, but doesn't book if there is one. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't. That's a hard. I don't. You can pass. Yes, pass. You can, you can yeah, we'll pass, pass X. There you I go. think that's probably PDX. No worries. <clears throat> okay. This person doesn't understand why the Blackfoot chicken dish is 37 bucks, but the food cart sells it for 7 bucks. Yeah, that's definitely PDX. <laughs> do you have to deal with that? Is there... Probably not. I mean, if you no. go to your restaurant, there's a level of service. They know that you're sourcing yeah. ingredients in a yeah. different way. I think... No, I mean, I think there's a lot of smaller restaurants here that, you know, just charge what they have to charge. And, you know, I think... There's different levels of restaurants here, and I think all levels are accepted. But yeah, I mean, I think sort, proper sourcing and you know showing that on your menus and explaining the proper sourcing, I think people understand that. There you go. This person has a friend who's an investor in the restaurant, and they want to let you know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely PDX. I get that all the time. Oh, nice. Okay, sure I think that one can. That's PPX too. That, I was yeah. going to say that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that can go both ways, yeah, right? But that's funny because I just had dinner and the people next to me were investors in a local restaurant group, and they told me all about it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, like they yeah, want to let. Yeah. They're going to let. But you they were know. cool. Okay. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they don't yeah. have to be assholes. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah. sometimes they. Yeah, I just want to let you know that yeah. I, I threw twenty thousand dollars into the seed <laughs> round in this <laughs> thing, and I've only been here twice. But this person carries their own turmeric collagen powder, which, which. Um. I'll answer this one if you don't okay. want to. I think this is an LAX, yeah, actually. Yeah, this is an LA one. sounds like an LA thing. Yeah, this one yeah. snuck in here. Yeah. It, it has yeah. nothing to do with, like, it, but th- this is a big thing. People yeah. carrying, like, you know, whatever, turmeric. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Um, this person just got back from Kyoto and uh, letting you know you, you have to go one day. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've seen that all. People love Kyoto. 
I think it's everybody. It's everyone. Okay. Love Kyoto. This is everyone. This <laughs> yeah, is not Kyoto's PPX amazing. or PDX. But we, there's, we have a very strong relationship with Japan here. Yeah. Like, Japan loves Portland. Portland loves Japan. Really. I've never been. Should I? So I have oh, to go to Kyoto? You have to go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I've been amazing. to the airport. Oh, no. You have in to Narita. go. In the That's I just, it. I went last year. It was amazing. Okay. Jasmine. Yes. I ran out of file space. I knew. Right on the last question. Do you remember that last when we were doing the, the, the intro the other day and you kept making mm. new files and I was like, you're going to run out of files. Yep, it happened. It yeah. happened in Portland in the it. morning with Gregory Gorday. The last question was PPX or PDX. And I said, jackets required, but only if the jacket is Members a Portland only? Timbers <laughs> warm-up soccer tracksuit. Okay. And he said that that was definitely PDX. Obviously. Uh, and then... You would have loved this answer. Yeah. I said it was the 86th time. It's 86. Okay. Gregory, oh, so we missed his 86. We missed his 86. Oh, Gregory, I'm sorry. Yeah. Does he trust you to like say what He's going to trust me okay. because you know what? It was so um, special that I actually really want to do it for him with you here. Gregory Gorday's 86 was plastic in the food service Ooh, business yeah. and i was like boom Ooh. cosmic kismet yeah. be like writing letters gregory yeah you want to join our letter writing campaign absolutely me and, me and uh, uh riley blaze uh-huh <laughs> he wants to get rid of all the gloves all the plastic wrap totally. all of the extra plastic that gets used in restaurants absolutely. a very unique answer and yeah. one that's responsible really great I just like it. gregory gorday one of my favorite people we've had on the pod good hope you enjoyed it everyone and until next week stay hungry Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors who make this all possible. Dole Crafted Smoothie Blends. Find them in the frozen aisle. Home Depot. Visit HomeDepot.com slash decor and use promo code SFA Home Depot at checkout. Miller Lite. Hold true. Just crack an egg. Take back breakfast. San Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit sanpellegrino.com slash US. And Upserve. Go to upserve.com slash starving for $300 off a new POS system today.